the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Rob Black and your money. And now, here's Rob Black. Whoa, doggy. It was a good day on Wall Street. Good to the point that media people are calling me for quotes. I don't know. Something about that I don't like when media starts getting involved in Wall Street. Kind of like them to stay where they are, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, big day. Stocks rose sharply today on signs of economic growth. Global stocks surged across the world. Unemployment may fall as early as this Friday. Bond prices and the dollar fell. Investors moved into riskier assets. Let's start with, I guess, some of the basics. China had a, a solid manufacturing report. European Central Bank President Jean-Claude Trichet, he suggested the bank could buy bonds. He issued uh, issued by countries within the European Union. That, along with a better-than-expected bond auction by Portugal, it pushed the euro higher, and Europe did well. Jean-Claude Trichet, the, the head of the ECB bank, went f- further to say that I'm ready, willing, and prepared to you know help other countries if need be. So blank checks there. Wall Street likes that. And all Dow 30 stocks rose. Home Depot was up 4.4%. Microsoft up 3.7%. Caterpillar up 3.5%. Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 258 points at one point in time. There's a little bit of a weakness for about a minute or two in the late afternoon, but not much. U.S. economy is all about jobs and anything that leads folks to believe that there's a better job market. It's going to be good for equities. Signs that the job market thawed in November jump-started the gains. You saw ADP Employer Services, which is a payroll company. They said small businesses added the largest amount of workers in three years last month, well ahead of forecasts. So it's positive stuff, you know? I don't want to get too much into it, and I don't want to read too much into one up day. But it's good. Let's talk a little bit further of some of the details we got the Fed Beige Book today, and the Fed Reserve said the economy gained strength across much of the United States. Hiring improved. Manufacturing expanded. Retailers anticipated a stronger holiday shopping season. Five Fed banks, including Boston and San Francisco, uh, grew at a slight to modest rate, while five others, including New York and Chicago, reported a somewhat stronger pace of economic activity. Beige Book report released today reflects information collected on or before ni- November 19th, and basically it's a lot of summaries. Positive outlook from 10 banks contrast with the October report in which eight banks, including San Francisco and Chicago, reported growth. So Cleveland's holding steady. Atlanta remains slow, but hiring activity showed some improvements across most districts. Uh, The average shopper in the United States spent 6.4% more over Thanksgiving weekend than last year as more people picked up jewelry and toys at the start of this holiday season. About 212 million shoppers went to stores and websites over the weekend, on average spending $365. Housing still remains a problem. So sales of new homes, sales uh, remain depressed. 
So new home sales in October of 283,000, it basically means the housing should fall. Now, wage pressures were contained and prices were fairly stable across most districts in what we saw out there. So again, nice, but I don't want to get too, you know, two days ago, we were all bummed out about Ireland. And I can't tell you tomorrow that the market won't go back to being bummed out. It feels nice and it's a hell of a run. And I'm going to leave it at that at this point in time and say, you know, this was a pretty good day. Visa had a Credit Suisse tech conference. Uh, basically, a draft of the Durban rules will come out hopefully before the end of the year. There will be a 60-day window where they get re- feedback. The Visa noted the difference between pen and signature interchange rates will have an impact. A narrow differential may give more incentive to retailers to invest in pen. Two million out of eight million Visa terminals accept pen. Over half of debit cards uh, in force are exclusive at this point in time. Durban is forcing Visa and MasterCard to focus on merchant as a client as opposed to issuer previously. So it's a little bit different. Having two separate signature brands, it's operationally very difficult and not feasible in their opinion. There's a healthy competition between Visa and MasterCard. A winning bid is a component of a losing bid. There's competition amongst price. The more payment volume um, an account has, the better the price it gets. So Visa is basically saying, you know, we're fine. It's we may have to move into a lower margin business, but we're fine. So those are some of the stories out there today. Um, Thursday, we're going to get another report. And this is important to start thinking about because today is done. Day is done. The day is done, right? We can't get too caught up in it. So let me give you an example of what we're going to be looking at on Thursday. Tomorrow, we're going to get retail sales numbers. And... Can retailers live up to the Black Friday hype will be a big question. And that could instantly let some air out of the bag of what we saw today. November same store sales for, you know, Aeropostale, Zoomier, Hot Topic. Um, you're going to get a lot of numbers tomorrow. And again, much of the recent hype has emanated from Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Foot traffic appeared to be higher across, you know, all retailers as well. So there were some increased discounts to note. So we're going to pay attention to that enormously so uh we want to see some numbers you know numbers from gap numbers from Saks, ross stores wet seal they all tell us something ever so slightly different you know i shortly want to revisit some things that can go wrong there's going to be an ongoing need to repair government balance sheets really across europe and the united states the magnitude of the problem is is reflected in ireland Oftentimes, they say Ireland's economy is not that important. It's not. But for a country just to four and a half million people, they required a bailout of about 85 billion euros. That's about $24,000 per person. That's a lot of friggin' money. There's a legitimate concern that other countries, particularly Portugal and Spain, will need aid soon. This is going to come back in. There will be what's quoted as a need for austerity to improve government financial conditions, and that's going to reduce aggregate demand and curtail global economic growth. Equity valuations are a function of future discounted earnings. So long as the dampening effect of the government restructuring does not lead to severe disruption in credit markets or second leg to the recent recession that we got out of, earnings will continue to grow. Now, despite the negative tone that the bailouts generated, forecasts remain absolutely resolute for moderate economic growth next year. So, again, 2% GDP growth is okay. 
It's not great, but it's not it's not shit either. You know, it's okay. New claims for unemployment show early signs of a modest decline to normality. Employment trends are improving. Growth of 2% for the United States coupled with decent growth overseas will allow a lot of you know U.S. multinationals to post revenue gains of 7% or more. That will support earnings and dividend growth and further advance the argument that equities provide good relative value at this time. So, again, we're going to ebb and flow in this news. I don't know why I feel so – I love you people so much. I, I want to warn you that you know, today was such a glorious day. It's, I'm not going to say it can't go on forever and ever. It just – it bums me out a little bit. I don't like up days. I know you're saying that makes no freaking sense, Rob. And I know. So I go with that. Let's talk about some of the home buyers numbers that we've recently seen. Things aren't looking bright for home builders in any way, shape, or form. Very rough month where new home starts and sales unexpectedly declined in October. A data point that continues to point towards trouble on both fronts. During the housing bubble, new and existing home prices generally followed the same trend. And changes in the price difference between a new and existing home were essentially flat. Once the bubble burst in 2005, though, existing home prices immediately went down the toilet, whereas builders were a little reluctant to lower prices of new homes. They, they offered more. By October of this year, new home prices had still a huge spread over where they were in 2000, 2005 versus, versus where new Existing homes started to fall. Keep in mind that home buyers have a choice. Buying a new home at a much higher relative price over an existing home, it may not be the most rational decision. As a result, existing home sales rebound off post home buyer tax break lows. Expect new home sales to continue to languish until the price spread evens itself out a little bit and comes down, or until existing homes go up in value and new homes stay flat. So, worthy of pointing out, okay? Let's see what else I need to throw out at you on this. I don't think anything. <laughs> I don't think so. Let me see if there's any other big stories I got to get to. Odd day, right? Such a bit turned pretty quickly. We saw third quarter productivity revised higher. Labor cost remained low. Google said to be opening an ebook store this year in the United States, next year internationally. So Mountain View based company. Selling hundreds of thousands of ebooks. They want to take market share from Amazon. If you think about it, they're going to have a huge advantage over Amazon. Amazon's a store that you have to go to. You have to type it in, you have to think about it. But on a search, let's say your, your favorite author, Stephen King, you type it in, Google is the search, and they could have the book right there, first line. So they're trying to set up an accord right now with the Authors Guild and publishers, and, and they're trying to resolve a 2005 lawsuit where Google infringed on copyrights, it looked like, when they made digital copies of books. Interesting, right? So companies added 93,000 workers to payrolls in November. That was positive. We're supposed to have a gain of about 70,000. So to give you an idea, last year at this time, we lost 116,000 jobs. Um, so these job cuts we saw today plus jobs, uh, I'm just having a tough time being real positive on this. <laughs> I wish I didn't, but uh, I am. So uh, we're firing fewer people. We're firing a lot of people at the end of the year, but we're firing fewer people on a year-over-year basis. Does that make any sense? 
So we're going to start talking about tax cuts, the extension of the Bush tax credits over the next 21 days as Congress has a lame duck session. This is their last chance to really try to get through maybe an Obama initiative before the Republicans get in the filibuster stand. Other big stories of Newt. Foot Locker got upgraded today to market outperform. I don't know. When I look at stocks, I always go, would I invest in that? Foot Locker, not so much. I'd rather own Nike. I don't need the retail side of the fence tied towards it. Chico's, on the other hand, they don't really have an online store. They don't really have online clo- a clothes maker that I could buy for you know real women. <laughs> so the company's trying to do some margin enhancing opportunities, and you know retail costs money because you have to have that storefront, you have to have the employees in it. They're trying to drive business back, trying to push uh, uh, operating margins back up from thirteen percent to about twenty percent, and that would obviously help the stock enormously so I'm a little concerned on Google buying Groupon looks like a 5.3 billion dollar deal with 700 million in performance bonuses to me it's a deal that it's gonna be their largest acquisition it's gonna be an easy acquisition I think it's pretty fair to say that you know Groupon is on to something you know Groupon deal in Omaha over the week offered $300 worth of laser hair removals for $149 while Groupon's focused on local businesses, it's also expanded some national deals. A Gap promotion last summer generated $11 million. So this is a good way for Google to get into local advertising and to get its specific insight into consumer spending habits. Local online advertising is expected to grow 18% to $16 million next year. Google's investors you know, seem focused on Groupon's valuations, which was estimated about $1.4 billion during the last fundraising round. Now it's going for $6 billion. It's a little freaky, a little scary, multi-billion dollar valuation for a company that basically has no barriers to entry and is younger than you know any toddler that you see roaming around town. It's it's nuts. It's it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you're Google, because not all small businesses are sold on the golden promise of Groupon. Um, you know, people have been curious about Groupon. They first hear about it. Ultimately, they decide not to do it because. Some of the deals are just too crazy. $50 worth of food for $25 it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you can get that person coming back again and again and again after that. And I'm kind of stingy with my Groupon deals. I kind of like them. So Groupon's ballooned from 200 employees in the last month. Um, it's just getting huge now. So they got about 1,000 people working in the Chicago office. They got 2,000 more people spread out across you know, a huge network. They got employees of recent international acquisitions. They picked up a couple companies in Germany and Chile. They announced more international ex- uh, expansion recently. So people are a little scared on this whole Groupon deal, and I, I get why they are. I do. So I want to talk about a small company that's recently blown, just blown out, and it's blown up. It's 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 doing what it's supposed to do in a crazy way, okay? First and foremost, I want to throw a disclaimer out there and say, be careful. Stock's already had a great move, and I'm telling you about it a little late. But I want to explain why it's had a great move and why it could certainly go up from here. It's a company called Global Traffic Network, and they provide customized traffic reports to 70 radio stations, 20 markets in Australia. In exchange for its content, they receive commercial airtime from the stations, which the company sells to advertisers. In addition, the firm produces radio and TV news in Australia. 
They also do business in the United States through a deal with Metro Networks, Metro Traffic. It provides traffic reports in Canada through an agreement with Chorus Entertainment and provides news, weather, sports, and business reports in Canada. So they're a distributor, okay? You get the basic idea. Now, let me talk about something that's just intriguing about it, okay? I'm going to talk the hell out of this stock for you. Demand ultimately is driven by technological innovation and by growth in business activity and consumer spending. Profitability of individual companies typically depends on efficient operations and good marketing. Large companies have big economies of scale and providing highly automated service to a large number of customers. And they've got the financial resources to build and maintain large networks. Smaller companies can compete effectively in small markets where they can provide specialty services, and that's it. The industry is capital intensive. Average revenue per employee is about $530,000. Their competitors would be like a Fairfax Media. There's really not a lot of competitors to, to really get out there and, and, and give to you. Now, if you were to take a look at their total number of employees, it's tiny. It's intriguing, okay? Revenue's gone from $50 million to $60 million to $90 million in the last three years. Cost of goods have gone from $30 million to $40 million to $60 million. Cash, it's not doing so great. $37 million to $21 million to $19 million. The receivables are up from $13 million to $18 million. They don't have any inventories. Financially speaking, operating cash flow is good. Uh, it's a small company though, okay? Now I'm going to get into some further details here. And again, this is not investment advice. This is maybe something you could add to your portfolio down the road. They do outsource traffic to news reporting. Australia is the company's largest, most profitable market, 60% of total revenue. So overall, their radio and television network covers 19 markets in Australia with 11 million weekly radio listeners and 7.1 million weekly television viewers. They got seven markets in Canada with 12.8 million weekly radio listeners and 2.6 million weekly television viewers. Hundreds of radio stations in the UK. In exchange for their content, again, they receive commercial time. Their newest venture is called the Global Alert Network. And it identifies accidents and delays and pushes audio traffic alerts automatically through mobile phones to drivers before they reach an incident zone. I have it on my Android and it's damn awesome. Okay, drivers are able to maintain a hands-free environment. Audio reports are broadcast through the phone automatically. They do not require the driver to answer or interact with the phone in any way. It also has both the iPhone and Android versions out there, the BlackBerry as well. Global Alert Networks was recently launched in Kansas City, Missouri. So they're, they're relaunching some of their operations are in their infancies. It's tiny. So but there's a huge opportunity in the mobile market as what used to be incredibly important on radio and television moves to incredibly important on your cell phone. When I get up in the morning to go to work, I turn on my cell phone and it tells me exactly the the amount of drive I have based on the exact amount of traffic that's out there. I don't need the weather girl anymore. I don't need to listen to weather stations anymore. The stock's been on a tear. The move higher basically was, uh, you know, it's a teeny tiny little boutique firm that recommended it that found it for me. Better than expected results, you know, provided the huge catalyst. Again, to me, this is really a play on them getting online, them getting on mobile phones. And you and I, in some way, shape, or form, finally saying, you know what? We don't really need to listen to lame radio shows to get traffic updates every eight minutes. We don't need it. So 
Anyway, I'm going to give you another idea in the next couple of days on some of these small companies. This stock's under $10, and I think it has upside. I think it has acquisition potential. And again, it's really, really not what you think it is. Um, it's an odd play. It's, I mean, it's just flat out an odd play, and I'll leave it at that. Anyway, with that being said, that's all I got for you today. Take care. Have a good day. I'm going to go get a haircut and uh, do a lot of television news today. So uh, talk to you soon. My man, you'll never be what is in your heart Weep, little lion man You're not as brave as you were at the start Rate yourself and rape yourself Take all the courage you have left Wasted on fixing all the problems That you made in your own head But it was not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Didn't I, my dear? Didn't I, my dear? Yourself, my man, you know that you have seen this all before. Tremble, little lion man, you'll never settle any of your scores. Your grace is wasted in your face, your boldness stands alone among the wreck. Learn from your mother, or I'll spend your days biting your own neck. But it was not your fault, but mine. Your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Didn't I, my dear? Well, it was not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Didn't I, my dear? Didn't I, my dear? Your fault but mine And it was your
fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Deny my dear Deny my dear Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.